a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Welcome back, Rebels and Imperials, to Force Ghost Coast to Coast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are my friends and yours, Matt and Liz. We are gathered here today, to quote Prince, to talk about Queen's Shadow by E.K. Johnston, a uh, a Padme-centric novel. I was going to say the most recent Padme-centric novel, but it turns out, since we got this book, <laughs> there is a prequel to this by E.K. Johnston called Queen's Peril, which is a which takes place during episode one, The Phantom Menace, whereas the novel we just read takes place between episode one and episode two, um, really more towards episode two than episode one. So, again, we don't know why Star Wars does this or did this, um, <laughs> but you know, hey, we might read that one because I think I think I can speak for all of us when I say that of the books we've read on this show. This is our favorite of the Star Wars novels we have read. Is that a correct statement? For sure. Yes. Yes. Because we read a crappy adaptation. Not a crappy. We ad- read a odd adaptation of a book that's better in another form um, with the Luke Skywalker one. But the this is the best one, right? book. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's let's kind of dig into this. Matt, why don't you give us like the the sort of really brief summary of the plot of the book um it really follows uh padme's transition from being queen amidala into being a senator in the republic and it follows her kind of blossoming throughout her first year into a senator that's really known for her action and relief aid um as they solve a humanitarian crisis on a planet that i didn't write the name down of (laughs) so that ends with a b yeah, <laughs> and it's a world with one aqueduct that supplies the entire world with water, because Star Wars doesn't know how big or small planets are. <laughs> it's planet it's, is Bromlarch. Yes, yes, Bromlarch. <laughs> it rolls right off the tongue. It really, it's it's just it's it, it's like a little gift at the end of your tongue, <laughs> Bromlarch. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Liz, what was one of the things that you enjoyed about the novel? Let's start there. Let's just talk about some positives first. What is it that you liked about the novel? That's a great question. Um, I, it's a novel where I think if I tried to exp- – Matt explained the plot very well, actually, because I was thinking if I tried to explain the plot to someone, it wouldn't sound very interesting. But the way Matt explained it, it did sound interesting. Um, I think I'm just going to start I, I think I'm going to start with the writing. I enjoyed the writing. I think what stood out first to me, and I think something Matt and I had maybe discussed when we first started the novel, was that just the writing itself was much better than the other two novels we read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is something that really helped with this as well. Just the writing itself. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. my, my description definitely was the, like, one the final one fifth of the book so <laughs> that's true so it took a couple hundred hundred pages to get there <laughs> it did that is true well, one thing i'll say about a lot of these novels is you have to go into them with the full acceptance that it means nothing that you're not going to learn anything revelatory 
that this isn't going to shake up any status quo because especially if it's a novel about a character whose death we've already seen, we've likely already seen also their most important moments in their lives. So a Padme novel that takes place in this very particular time frame was never going to be this bombshell that gave you information that you could not have enjoyed the movies without, right? Just by default, it's going to be a kind of a slight story. I think if you go into it with being okay with that, you'll see that this novel does a lot to help you understand just sort of the politics of Naboo. And like, mm-hmm. I was always confused as to how a queen became a senator. But, like, n- now we know that, right? There, there, is, there is information about sort of the elected monarch nature of Naboo. Uh, we also find out a little bit more about the handmaidens who we've, we see pretty frequently in uh, The Phantom Menace. And I believe mm-hmm. we see one of them die in, I forget which prequel now. One Two of them. of them in uh, Attack of the Clones, Attack of the Corday Clones. and Bear Day. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, and so there, you know, we, we just get a, a sort of a, a richer understanding of who Padme is. And I think that Padme is a character that was greatly underserved by the prequel films. I mean, like like most of the characters in the prequel films, they were greatly underserved. Um, this also does a couple of, of interesting things in terms of it explains why she has a different like head guard in Phantom Menace versus in Attack of the Clones. Just mm-hmm. stuff that is again, it's not it's not essential, but if you can get past that, I think there was a lot in this novel to to enjoy. Um did, was there any sort of moment or bit of information that you guys felt was the most important bit dropped here? Uh, Leia's adopted mother has see-through guts. Mm. Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up. You read the the Leia book, right? Yes, that's a major plot point in the Leia book. Essentially, the Leia book has a, uh, let's call it a third of the book, that takes place when Leia is a teen. The whole book takes place when she's a teenager. But there's there's a third of the book where she is in this, basically this like... It's like leadership retreat that happens uh, where people from all over the galaxy come and climb this mountain that is like the the um, it's basically like a, like a, a Boy Scout camp where people go to prove their their worth in whatever way. And like so that's where we see at uh, Holdo, who's a major character in The Last Jedi. She is mm. in this camp with her there and uh, everyone expects Leia to have an advantage because she's from Alderaan, but also they all know that how treacherous this is because Leia's mom, you know, almost died on this on this trail. So I I, I was aware of the see through guts before this. Yes. Yeah. See, I did not read that book, and I was unaware of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it, it, it's a bit of a weird thing to throw in there. Thing. Yeah. 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 Um, Liz, was there any moment for you that was particularly? Illuminating. Um, something that stood out for me was just when they spent a good deal of time talking about the different accents mm. um, and different voices that Padme used, and obviously her handmaidens as well. If they were 
imitating or taking her role because that was something that always stood out to me in the movies and honestly it was something I maybe never really thought about much when I was watching the prequels I I think maybe because again I know we've talked about the prequels and maybe watching them um, but just how much thought I haven't put into those movies but I just the reason behind it um, it it does yeah yeah I think it adds a whole a whole nother light to that that very stilted persona of hers. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought the book touched upon, you know, the idea that we, you know, as people play different roles in our own lives. And obviously if, you know, you're a queen or something like that, you're playing different roles. Um, but, you know, this sort of puts more of a distinction on it. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. And I think that's also true of Leia in A New Hope. She has that like faux British accent that she uses to speak to Vader and Grand Moff Tarkin with, mm-hmm. and so you just get the sense that this is maybe um, something that royalty did, or you know, in this time, or, or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff in here that I thought drew interesting parallels between Padme and Leia and specifically young Padme and young Leia. I really do recommend that novel, uh, Leia Princess of Alderaan by Claudia Gray. It's, it's one of the better Star Wars novels that I've read and it shows Leia in a very, in a very similar position of sort of trying to figure out who she is. You know, she's the queen to be of Alderaan. As you learn in this novel, it's the, the monarchy passes down to a female, uh, to a female child in, on Alderaan. And so she is the sort of queen in waiting and has to learn sort of and figure out like who her persona is. And she's doing that underneath the guise of uh, also trying to be part of the rebellion, which is obviously not a part of this. But you, you begin to see how Leia is very much like her mother they both have a real uh, sense of justice and peacekeeping between them. I, I, I thought, I thought it, was, it was really good at connecting those characters because I don't think that the movies do a very good job or really were given the opportunity to do much with Leia and, and, uh, and Padme together. You know, just drawing those lines. I, I was very glad to see those lines drawn. Um, all right. My next question I have prepped for you guys, is there any part of the novel that you really didn't like? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is a, I don't know, an overall complaint. Uh, it it feels like there was a list of ten things that the author had to drop in to the book. Like, you have to make these references um, you need to mention Daxes. You need to include things about Wookies. You need to have other things. You need to make sure to mention um, that the Queen of Alderaan is going to raise your future daughter. I think that that scene was the weirdest, most awfully written part of the whole book. When they are just walking together, it's like, hey, if I ever have a baby, it'd be good to have it here. You should take my baby. It's like, what? What the fuck is going on? I don't understand it. Like, I know it was a foreshadow to Leia, but it was so ham-fisted 
it made all the other ones seem okay. Like I, I could, I could let Dax's slide. I could let a couple other minor things slide, but that was just, that was bad. I don't know if it stuck out to anybody else the same way as me. Liz, how did that stick out the same way to you? It didn't really stick out that much to me. Um, I, I don't know. There wasn't anything that stuck out too much that I didn't like in this novel, surprisingly. I feel like in the past two, there's been a good deal that has. Um, and in this one, there wasn't anything in particular that I can think of that stuck out that I didn't like. Yeah, I thought that the scenes on Alderaan were, were trying a bit too hard for me. Um, but I didn't think it was necessarily... I, I think I think Matt probably found it a little bit more glaring than I did, which, which, which is fine, obviously. You know, um, one of the things that I that I know we talked about privately before we started recording was how all of the handmaidens were given the same naming structure, uh, mm-hmm. which is a very purposeful thing. They say that you know when they became the handmaiden, they adopt a new name, um, and so you get you know. Uh, Sa- uh, you know, along with Padme, you have Sade, Sashe, uh, Dorme, 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 Corday, Arame, Arame, uh, Ver. Well, because there, there's two sets of them, right? There's there's yeah. the queen set and there's the princess set. Yeah, and only Sad, only is it Sade? Only Sade yeah, she- carries over between the two. Yeah, and she's really on the periphery too. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she's doing the spy work for them, um, but overall, I, I thought I thought that those characters were actually. I think once you kind of get in your mind who is who, especially with the queens, um, handmaidens, I think you get a better sense of sort of who those characters are. And Johnston did a good job of giving them all a bit of their own personalities, but. This is one of those things I, I went to look up to see if there was if one of these characters had a name in the in the Force Awakens and the Force Awakens. Goodness gracious, Phantom Menace. Did you look that up, Matt? Because I no. I, I, I believe well, <laughs> if if I'm not mistaken, Sade's character is played by director Sofia Coppola. Coppola. Yeah, the, it, it might be because remember in the movie because I just watched a whole bunch of it in the movie almost the entire time the queen is Sade it is not Padme right there's even a moment before they leave the planet where Sade they mention it in the book where you see Sade check in with Padme and Padme says okay. we're um, saying Sade it's Sabe Sabe yeah, and Sabe was Kira Knightley yeah she's Kira Knightley okay. Sashay was Sofia Coppola. Yeah. Well, wh- whoever was the queen checks in with um, Padme. And Padme responds, your, your Highness, we are brave. Right. As their kind of code word to say, yes, let's go. Right. But in the movie, Padme uses her own name as Padme the entire time. Right. They don't switch identities. Well, nobody knows Padme's first name, it seems like. Okay. Remember, because they, they they throw it around a lot in the book, but maybe that's at, like post Queen. Yeah, people she, know she's Padme. She tells uh, at least one person in the book, like when no one's around, you can call me Padme. Corvus. Yeah, uh, but I don't know if that 
it, it seems like everybody called her Queen or Senator Amidala. Okay. And then we find out that Amidala is not her last name. Yeah, that was a surprise. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Yeah, no. I I was doing a little research, um, and there is a BuzzFeed list that does rank all the handmaidens. Oh, really? Of course there is. There is. <laughs> it's, based, it's based on the movies, and I forgot that Rose Byrne was in the movie. She plays Dormay. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, all... and one of like her... Yeah, I, I'm shocked that all five handmaidens, by their name in the book, are in the film, which I was going to say, couldn't they have given them more different names? They're not named in the movie, but apparently they are named in the movie, so... Well, they're, 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 yeah. are they, they're, they're named in the movie, but really they're named in the visual encyclopedia. Yes, mm. I'm sure. really where... That's why it, it, it's interesting. If you look up, as we pro- probably all did, if you look up any of the prequel era people, their headshots on Wikipedia are just their weird, lifeless pictures from hmm. the uh, DK encyclopedia. Like that's, hmm. uh, yeah. Except for if you look up Corday or like Verme, they are. Uh, it's just a photoshopped version of them dead in the beginning of Attack of the Clones. <laughs> oh, boy. They just, they, they, they just, like, erase out the floor on the background. So if you look at it, it's like, what what is this picture? But it's really just their fried corpse. Lovely. <laughs> Absolutely lovely. Yeah, uh, but it, it, is, it, it is interesting how important and then not important at all the handmaidens are which i can say the same for any female character in star wars i think um so it was a novel dominated by female characters which i liked and i and i loved how much it focused on like the dynamic that being a female in this universe brought um a lot of like the kind of underlying sexism all of the extra steps that padme has to go through and be so on top of her appearance, her voice, her everything in ways that the male characters in no way have to worry about, think about, even conceive. Um, I, I liked that. I liked just seeing the difficulty um, that being the queen brought, um, which obviously the films in no way reflect at all. Um <laughs> But I mean, it also explains why she's such a good pit fighter in. Uh... Oh shoot! What is the name of the planet? Geonosis. Attack of the Clones. Yeah, Geonosis. Yeah. Is it Geonosis? Sure. Or is that where the clones clones are made? Nope, oh, nope. That's where the clones. <laughs> no, Camino is where the clones are made. It's Geonosis. Okay, okay, yeah. I get those two mixed up all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, I, I think it's interesting about the sort of inherent sexism that is discussed in the book is that Johnston never makes that overt. She never has Padme complain about it. She never has mm-hmm. somebody else pointed it out. It's just kind of there. Bless Excuse you. me. Thank you. Um, and, and I think that I don't know what conversation could have... I think putting that conversation in people's mouths in the book would have been far less effective than just showing it in the novel the way they did. Do you guys agree with that? Mm-hmm. Mm, I agree. Yeah. 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 Um, did you guys have a particular, I know that the easiest answer is Sabe, 
because we spend the most time with her. But did you guys have a favorite handmaiden? I like Dorm. Is Dorme the hacker? She was or Slicer. I'm Slicer, sorry. Slicer. Yes. Please use Slicer. proper Star Wars terminology, Matt. It is Slicer. Yeah. Slicer and Calf. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Slicer Calf. I like her. Sure. She she was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like Sabe. I probably because we spent the most time with her. Yeah. Uh, she's also yeah. the only one that we have a real awkward sex scene involving. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, wait, uh, one awkward sex scene and one awkward, uh, I don't even know what to call it, um, <laughs> uh -oh. scene in a diner where it says, quote, she doesn't always go for non-humans, but it happened on occasion, particularly yeah. with females. And I was like, what? What? Where oh, is, what is this coming from? I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And then just slams you with a sex scene after it was like Yeah, I kinda of felt like they couldn't give Padme a sex scene, so mm -hmm. yeah. Sabe got it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And it wasn't like it was super explicit. It's just no. in, in Star Wars, usually all of that stuff happens with a wink and a nod. And this basically comes out and says like they they're boning right now. <laughs> you, you, yeah. Uh <laughs> <laughs> It was well written. It, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's another part with Sabe I wanted to talk about. You know, I, I thought it's interesting that the novel ends with her getting the call to be a part of the rebellion. Mm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I have ever seen that character, like, uh, in in anything else i i don't know yeah i i liked the way it ended because i felt like it was something that was almost surprising and mysterious for star wars because like you were saying at the beginning is you don't usually get anything that's a surprise in a star wars novel and i felt like that at least was an element of surprise yeah because we don't really see her in anything else but we get this idea that she does become involved in the rebellion yeah so now, oh, look at this. Hang on. What? Uh, wh oh. what? Her oh. invader? Wait, what? It looks like in the comics, she, like, joins Vader. Wow. Yeah, but I think it's in, like, a Vader rebellious phase, though. I think this might be in no longer canon uh, comics. Oh, is it? I'm Are not we in sure Legends? Here. No, we're in canon. No, we're in canon. canon. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that. I did not know that. Okay. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So now, so hmm. that, so then that hint was for people who have read the comics, which are clearly not us. Um, <laughs> not me. Or not, not read all the comics, at least, you know. Yeah, wink um, and a nod. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, I'd be interested to read that stuff now. Hmm. Because I think Sabe is an interesting character. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He, she helps him as Vader looks into Padme's death. Uh, okay. That's interesting. I can mm -hmm. dig that as a as a story beat. That's pretty mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's definitely something I will I will seek out for a future episode, maybe. Um, mm hmm. All right. Uh, so I have a list here of some things that we wanted to talk about. Um, 
and I think that that there, the first thing that happened in the novel that sort of surprised me. Well, I think it probably shouldn't have surprised me. So we, we see that Padme has talked about wanting to eradicate slavery from the galaxy, and she wants to start on Tatooine because we we know that's where she encounters slavery for the first time, right, with, mm-hmm. with Anakin's family. But Correct. the fact that she was instituting this search for Shmi Skywalker, that kind of surprised me in, in, a, in a fun way. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, that that links back to a scene in um, Phantom Menace where the two of them are talking, where she gives him the blanket. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone remembers that. So there's a scene when they first rescue Anakin and they leave the planet. Anakin's shivering um, on the ship because he's never been off planet and he lives on a desert. So, um, so she kind of comforts him with a blanket and they talk um, about how she's going to care for him um, because he's worried that she's going to leave and forget him. So he gives her the necklace that we see her wearing. And she promises that even on Coruscant, she'll still care for him. And he says, he'll care for her. But, and then she says, but you miss your mother. And he says, yeah. Hmm. So it's this weird, like motherly connection. The two of them have, and then they have a baby. <laughs> so, nope, no, they have two. Exactly. Yeah. Two, two babies who then adopt a grown woman. Yes. <laughs> As ghosts. The end. As ghosts. Uh. Yeah, they Beetlejuice adopt a grown <laughs> Man, let me tell you, my enjoyment of The Rise of Skywalker if it ended with Ray dancing to a Harry, Harry Belafonte song, my enjoyment would have gone through the roof. Through the roof. Snapping her fingers as the uh, as a lightsaber descends into the sea. Exactly. <laughs> if only. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, what so if, the, what if Tim Burton directed the uh, Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> well yeah well that, that, that connection is there somewhere um yes so i i didn't realize it until i went back and rewatched the movie i was like oh this maybe makes a little more sense but for me it was like just an odd odd thing too it stuck out initially yeah i mean i i think it's a I think it shows that Padme is both a very compassionate person and a very good politician. Like one of the things that I have read about a number of politicians, most recently I read about Hillary Clinton a few years ago, was that like the people who are just sort of preternaturally gifted at politics can remember names and situations really, really well. And it seems like this is a perfect example of that, where she met this person, she had a brief encounter with this person. I mean, her her encounter with Anakin is is relatively brief in her life. What is it? A, a week, two weeks, maybe. And with Shmi, mm-hmm. it's basically two days. But she met this person. The person's circumstances touched her heart, and she has made it like a political ambition to help this person. So I think it, mm-hmm. it sets her up as a as a very astute political mind and also as just a very compassionate person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it does its job in that sense. Mm-hmm. 
we're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach. And I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on MultiversityComics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Liz, I wanted to ask you this question because I know that we've talked a lot about, you know, your love of Leia growing up and how, you know, Leia was obviously like the female Star Wars character for many, many years. Do you think that if there was more of this Padme in the films, people would have had more of a connection to Padme? I think so. And I think for some of like the reasons you just stated, um, I we get to see more of what makes her a person, more of her personality, more of what drives her. Um, like you just mentioned with the slavery. Um, and just the connection even that she has with her handmaids, the loyalty she inspires within them, um, those close relationships she has with them. Um, I, it just gives so much more to her character just in this one book. I think that's why I liked it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would have made a big difference. I, I think that's part you know, of the reason why I, the prequels always sort of fell flat for me was because Padme fell flat for me. And I think this book sort of fills in what was missing there within her personality. It gives her so much more. I think we see... Sorry, Matt, go ahead. No, no, no. I think it's important that this is a Padme minus Anakin. And I think that's the the thing to remember because for me, that's also what works best in Clone Wars. Because the two of them have a very toxic and abusive relationship. <laughs> and she purposefully weakens herself and puts herself aside in a way that is unnatural to her character with him. But part of that is because he is so clutching and abusive with her. Um, so seeing a solo Padme story, you actually get to see her strength outside of the context of that one relationship. Yeah, I think that's very correct. You get to see her with her family here. She goes home. She's her parents, her sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with all of that for sure. Uh, and Matt, you brought up the Clone Wars, so I want to talk to you about this. There are a few characters in this novel that we first encounter as part of the Clone Wars that we get a little bit more mm-hmm. context for. So can you talk about those those characters a little bit? So um, I'm trying to remember what I thought. So Clovis we first meet in here. That was an unexpected. Um, Clovis is just head over heels in love with Padme. Um, we see it here. We see him, you know, shoot his shot in the most masculine 70s way possible. <laughs> um, but that kind of relationship carries forward. And to see her able to manipulate that relationship, it kind of makes it a little more sense now. Um, can, can I say one thing about Clovis for a second? Yeah. Have either of you guys seen Inglorious Bastards? I have. I have not. Liz, did he remind you of the German soldier that's like infatuated with the 
the female with the projectionist who we see in the hmm. beginning like escape from you know from under the floorboards do you know who I'm talking about I don't know I don't remember okay so there's there, there's this there's, there's like a whole a whole big chunk of the movie that there is this German soldier who meets this this projectionist and he becomes obsessed with her but she is secretly Jewish and she hates him and he just won't back off of her and I got real strong that guy vibes from Clovis mm. in this book. Um, he just does not know what's professional, you know. He he essentially he covers for for her at the club. Uh, that the the only place apparently people eat and drink on Tatooine besides the diner, and we see both of those places both in Attack of the Clones and sorry in Coruscant rather, and <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. end, end in this movie in this book rather. Um, you know, he covers for her there. He obviously wants to impress her. He's just this like puppy dog who wants mm-hmm. to impress her. Um but doesn't doesn't have the sort of evil underpinnings of of the character from uh from Inglorious Bastards. And it's got a heavy vibes from that guy. Um mm. and then there's there's a couple of senators too, right? Specifically Senator mm. Monterry. Yes. That that was weird. The I get the inclusion. That was also one of the ones that I was kind of like, it seems like a checklist is like, oh, add in a little bit of the emperor. I guess the emperor, right? At this point, or would that be Dooku nope. she's answering to? I don't know. Because my question is, neither of those make a ton of sense. I mean, because it's the emperor using his like emperor voice. But if it's a guy you have worked with forever, wouldn't you recognize that voice? So- or if it's Dooku, Dooku is like a, a known figure at this point, I think, because this is a very weird moment in Star Wars. There's very little here. So if I think I'm... there's a Dooku novel here, right? Uh, and then there's this. The Dooku novel takes place after this. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, and I have not looked this up as thoroughly as maybe I should have. I believe this novel. So I, I believe that the reason in Attack of the Clones that Anakin and Obi Wan are sent to protect Padme is because the trial of Newt Gunray just ended. So I believe yes. that this book ends directly before the beginning of Episode Two, and okay. in Episode Two we find out that Count Dooku was a, is a Sith Lord, but that's not widely known yet. True. Well, that never gets widely known. Well, uh, at the beginning of a ta- of of uh, Revenge of the Sith, it seems like it's pretty widely known. Well, known to our characters and known to the universe because he's known as the head of the. Um, sure. Okay. Like I, the. I, I, yeah. Federation. Yeah, I, I, I am conflating two things here. What I should say is he is yes, a known yes. enemy of the Republic. Gotcha. Okay. M- maybe yeah. not Sith Lord, but but enemy of the Republic. Count Dooku, not Darth, not Darth Tyrannus. I should be more clear. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But I think at this point he would have been, because pl- I think then if it's that close, yeah, the Federation has been plucking off um, solar systems for the past couple of years, um, right? Is because I think that's how Attack of the Clones starts. I believe so. Yes. Um. Yeah, th- so yeah it could a- be either one, but neither one makes total sense that she's completely in the dark about it. Well, so here's my question about about 
Palpatine. Do we know for a fact that Dooku knew Palpatine was Darth Sidious? Hmm. Yes. Yeah. When we in in the throne in the we know it in the beginning of Attack of Revenge Attack of the Sith. Of the clone. Yeah. Revenge of the Sith. But do we know it at this point? At this point? Oh, I don't know. Because I'm wondering if that, if, if just like the hood and the voice fools everybody. Because I mean, to be fair, like if <laughs> Matt, if if someone came to you and was like, "There's a secret organization we want you to join here," and you like saw and you could only see them on Zoom. And they had their like you know their hood down a different voice, and it turns out that person was Mitch McConnell. Would you ever guess it was Mitch McConnell? <laughs> like you know, no, I, you would yeah. never guess that. So yeah, you're right, you're right. So I don't know if <laughs> no. <laughs> Why does that seem such a plausible thing? It really <laughs> does, doesn't it? <laughs> Man. That might be the best part of this podcast episode. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know. in November. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know if, you know, it it, it is sort of, well, so is, is Bonteri, is she openly, I forget what her role in the Clone Wars is, really. I don't remember either. I know she's, I, I know she's a major well, character. It, I, mm-hmm. Liz, what do you remember about this? Anything? I do not remember. It might be later in the Clone Wars. Let me look this up. You guys talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to look this up. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if she's made it through season three, which is as far as I've gotten. Yeah, I don't. Okay, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of her son, Lux Bonteri. Lux. Yeah. Well, okay, so it may. It... Now, refreshing it, she probably is talking to Count Dooku because Count Dooku is the one pull pulls her strings. And then kills her. Yes. So. Yeah. So that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I thought the, the book did a pretty good job of giving us a sense of what the, um, of what what the actual sort of politics, what what it's like to be a senator in the republic at this time. Mm-hmm. And I was I was grateful for that, even though I am I am also the same person who will say time and time again that if you remove the Trade Federation from Phantom Menace, it's a much more interesting film. But I think that you need some of the politics there, and I think this does a good job of establishing what the politics look like. And there wasn't I was afraid at one point, like oh now we're gonna get chapter after chapter of her being in committee meetings about stuff I don't give a shit about. Uh, yeah. But that didn't really happen. No, I was worried we were going to get into concrete, but luckily yes. that didn't happen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, did we lose him again? No, I'm here. Oh, oh, oh. We're, all, we're, all, we're lost in thought about permacrete. Yeah, I was just... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> permacrete. All different types. Yeah. How to ship it, what to do about the water... Yeah. Some, some places don't have the water for it. I mean, other places don't have the other chemicals to start the uh, chemical reaction. It's tough. Bell Organa only leads the best committees. Yeah. <laughs> other some places have to use inferior products which don't withstand earthquakes. Look at what we've learned. <laughs> I know. It's like, <laughs> like um, I get it. That's necessary. It's like like the whale chapters in the middle of Moby Dick. 
Like, uh, fair. <laughs> it's I fair. Okay. I thought you were saying Star Trek Four Voyage Home. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, here's my question for you guys now. Um, after reading this book, do you share my opinion that Bail Organa is the most misused character in Star Wars history? Oh, yeah. Wow. Most misused is strong, but I think I can get behind that in some way. Yes. I feel like he is really poorly used in the prequels. Well, he's barely used in the prequels. He mm-hmm. shows up more in Rebels and Clone Wars. And I and thought... I, what? Now he just pops up as an Easter egg in any other film. Right. You know, like, like you know, he, he's, he's very good in Rogue One for the, for the <laughs> two minutes he's in Rogue One. But he is... He is I feel oh. like he represents something very important in Rogue One, which is... I think he represents the connection to the past and that you see that the rebellion is not this like newfangled thing. You see this is something that's going on for a long time and you see him as this long-standing member and he represents sort of um, legitimacy within the rebellion. Mm-hmm. We see that this is not just, you know, I mean, Jin Erso in that movie is picked up like in a military, in a, in a military prison transport, right? But he's the first person who we see that we're like, oh shit, this has, this goes much higher and much deeper than we thought. Um, mm-hmm. So I think his role is important there. But I also think like the fact that he chose to raise Leia his raising of Leia is what makes Leia a hero, not her blood whatsoever. Mm. Like it, it is, it is his and his and his wife's ideals that make her into the character that we all love. If it wasn't for Bail Organa, she could have been raised by you know Watto for all we know. Like it, it doesn't, you know, she <laughs> she she would not be the character that we know and love. And in addition to that, we find out in the Leia Princess of Alderaan novel that he's the one. Who set up the the rebellion base at Crate, which is a big part of the Last Jedi. So he's he's a really important part of Star Wars, and if you just watch the movies, you get none of that. Hmm. No, he has like four minutes of screen time. Yeah, sounds like sounds like Disney Plus needs to get on a TV show. Oh man, yeah. I would I'd be all about that. Although you'd have to have someone cast as young Leia, and I don't know how that goes. Uh, yeah, that's true. Know. As long as I bring back the actress that played Brea, that's fine. Who's Brea? Brea? Leia. I just realized that. Who's Brea? <laughs> I don't Leia's know. mom. Oh. She was in one of the movies. Yeah. She. They. They hand baby. Um, yes. Leia yes. over okay, to her. Okay. When you were saying Brea, I thought you were doing like a fake Leia name. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> because I was like, wait a minute, he Although, can't. He can't mean. Uh, the Brea Organa because we never see her, but we do see her. You're right. We do see her. And it just clicked Brea Leia. You know what also clicked in this? Astromech mechanic. Mm. I didn't realize that's what mech stood for. Really? I was today years old when I realized that. <laughs> and how weird it is that all of our main characters have like essentially an airplane maintenance robot as their most trusted companions. <laughs> well, if you can't trust your robot. Yeah, but that's like me bringing a Roomba around everywhere. <laughs> it's like, it's real good when they need it. 
I but do. the rest of the time, it just makes noise. Matt, that's a that's a post-pandemic look for you. Just start rolling into <laughs> events with a Roomba with you. Go for it, man. Yeah. I have gotten very attached to my Roomba. It does a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Indy sheds a lot. Okay. <laughs> Liz, what were you going to say? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we got off on Roomba chat here. Yeah, I, I got real excited about my Roomba. But Matt, you're just like, hi, you know, nice to meet you. My name is Matt. This is my Roomba, George. And just like, <laughs> I, will, I, I will tell you that I, you name your Roomba like on the app and my, my Roomba's name, and I'm sure it's 0% creative, is R2-D2. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. Nice, nice. Oh, you're talking about Disney Plus having a uh, yes. Young Leia series. And I, I brought us off track by talking how attractive the actress that plays Brea is. Uh, so. I didn't no, realize that's why you wanted her back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Talking about a Bail Organa series. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think that'll be interesting. Or at least do some novels. I see here's the thing with the novels. Like, I don't know how much I don't know how much the subject of a Star Wars novel changes how well it sells. Like it, it, it might be financial suicide to do a Bail Organa novel, but they've done some pretty. I mean, they've done a Tarkin novel. Yeah, that's true. So that's I don't true. know. I, I don't know about that. But Disney, but again, if, I, if you're listening, with, I will write. Yeah. I will write the Bail Organa novel for a very, very affordable price. Oh. So come talk to me. What are you saying, Matt? I'm sorry. I, I was saying I almost I like the idea of a series more because they are allowed to change things. Like, Rebels really shaped a lot of the Star Wars universe in certain ways that a novel never would have been allowed to. That's true. That is true. Yeah. But again, uh, he's a great character, though. I would love to see more. Yeah. I might amend my earlier statement and just say that after Padme, he's the most misused mm. character. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Padme gets a little bit of her time in the sun, but yeah. Oh, not in the movies. In the movies, she's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you just see the effects of Stockholm Syndrome. Really. Yeah. It's, it's really <laughs> amazing how the the the, the new the, the prequel trilogy was supposed to establish Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Padme as like the new trinity at the center of it, the way that Han, Leia, and Luke were. And yet, only Obi Wan comes out of that any with any sort of good look on him, and he was already a character we loved who didn't need the rub from the other ones. Like we needed to love Anakin, we needed to love Padme, and those films don't do a great job of getting us there. But then, if you spend too much time on Padme, how can you develop the characters of R two D two and C three PO? That is true. <laughs> you see more of them than you do her. Yeah. Uh, they credit R2-D2 for helping save Naboo. That's yes, true. He's a hero of Naboo. <laughs> Along with Qui-Gon Jinn, which I actually wanted to talk about for a minute. That I loved. That I loved. I, I think that, especially because Qui-Gon gets mentioned, I believe, twice. in Once in Attack of the Clones and once in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, he's really not a major part of those movies at all. And yet, yeah, but mainly they mention him. It's like, yeah, that asshole... Yeah, yeah. So like, to, like to, he likes some weird shit. <laughs> so to see him correctly labeled as a hero was pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got his due. He did get mm-hmm. his due. 
Yeah, during the Queen's battle. Yep. And the idea of like him laying down his life for a planet that was not his in a fight that was not his just because it was the right thing to do when they needed him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that. Cause I think we've talked a lot about, he really embodies a lot of what the Jedi are supposed to be Yep. in a time where the Jedi have, they fell long before these movies. Um, they're he, like a he, shadow. He might be number of, three on the characters done dirty list. Oh, really creating this list here. Yeah, I am. I am. Yeah. Um, Oh, you know what? I don't know. Rose. What about where? What oh, Rose? Rose is a high on the list too. Oh, uh, yeah. To be fair, like number five might just be all the new characters in in the Rise of Skywalker. Like just everyone from those, everyone from the Rise of Skywalker that isn't Luke or Leia, Orlando. <laughs> I don't know. Or, uh, Chewie. I, I had no. I've had too much Chewie, <laughs> and I've had. I had. Too much Lando. I didn't need that much Lando. Mm. As I've taken to calling it, and I know I've said this to you guys before, I think Lando in the back half of the film is much better than Gene Parmesan Lando. Just pulling off yeah. that mask. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, uh, yeah. That was clearly like the first time he had acted in 20 years, and he <laughs> yeah. just was like getting his shit together. Um, How do hey, I he 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 was in one episode of Lost. Okay, don't forget that. Oh man! Do you remember that list? Do you remember what episode I, it was? Yeah. No, I I've forgotten. He was. I believe his name was the Cobra. He was the bad guy Ooh. on um. What were those two characters' names? Uh, Nikki and Paolo's TV show. Oh man! There was really. A, Yes, that Nikki and Paolo episode, which was a terrible episode. It oh. begins with them filming their TV show, and he is the bad guy on that episode. Oh, no. Yes. So like, hey, I'm the Cobra. <laughs> that is 100% what happens in that episode, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he hasn't even seen it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was that was his. That, that was the last time I saw Billy Dee Williams. Uh, but, yeah. Okay. So. Let's let's sort of start wrapping this up a little bit. Um, obviously, we know that there is a prequel to this, but would you guys like to see a sequel to this, or would a sequel to this just be stuff we've already seen elsewhere? I would, I would not want to see a sequel with in this because apparently this like bookends Attack of the Clones. Which then brings in Anakin. I don't want to see a her and Anakin romance novel. I just don't. And I'm worried that's where the storyline forward goes. So I'm happy that we're going backwards. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm i torn because I wouldn't mind seeing some good stuff between Anakin and Padme. Because I feel like we didn't really get to see much good stuff between Anakin and Padme. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know how yeah. I feel about that exactly. I'm I'm torn on the idea as well. On one hand, I I think that I think that anything that fills in gaps in Star Wars, I'm gonna read. And that's I I did want to say that too. That I think I am a very easy mark for a Star Wars novel. 
I just like Star Wars so much that when you put me into the world of Star Wars, I'm going to enjoy it like at a at a higher my base enjoyment starts at like 30%. Like I'm going to like 30% of it because it's just Star Wars. And so I I'm an easy mark for this stuff, but I do feel like this book transcended my my markdom and allowed me to enjoy it for what it really is. And so I would like to see more like Sabe stuff could be interesting. As apparently we get that in the comics, that's good. Um, I, I would be interested to see more about what happens to Naboo after Padme dies, because that's I a like planet that. we never revisit. And there's a lot of interesting stuff there. There's the sort of two worlds of the Gungans and the the Naboo, and seeing mm-hmm. how they interact. I think that. Now that we know that, I mean, basically, we know that Luke and Leia have a, have a first cousin. Oh my gosh! We found mm-hmm. that out in this book, and like, I think there's interesting stories to tell about that. Huh? Yeah. That is true. You know, so I so I think that there could be some stuff from this, but I'm with you, Matt. I don't necessarily want it to be Padme and Anakin focused. I would rather it be Naboo focused. Yeah, I, 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 I'd, I'd read that. Plus, there's the whole yeah. element of like. So, I, I hate to keep making this about uh, modern politics, but like, you know, Trump is from New York, and everyone in New York hates Trump. Would everyone in Naboo hate the emperor, or is the is the PR so good that he's like the hero there now? It's a great mm. question. You know, I, I I would like to see, I would like to see more stories set on the boo. Mm. That's my pitch. Disney, if you don't want to hire me to write the <laughs> Bail Organa novel, I will write the Naboo Chronicles, a forty-two part series detailing all sorts of interesting uh, things. But like, I mean, I wonder. I mean, at, at some point, Luke and Leia find out who their mom was. Don't you think they would have tried to connect with the family? You would think. Yeah, right? Although I have to say, now that I'm saying that out loud, in at least one Star Wars novel that I've read, Leia says basically, I don't consider myself from Naboo. I'm from Alderaan. Hmm. But I think Luke certainly seemed like the kind of guy who would want that family connection. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm just... Do we know that they know who their mother is? I mean, he, here's how I would how I would think that. Leia can't go to Bail Organa after Alderaan gets blown to bits and ask about her birth parents. But we know that she knows she's adopted. Because mm-hmm. in Return of the Jedi, Luke asks her about it. Oh, okay. So, and I guess... He could have uh, – we we learned from the book that came out end of last year. Um, Luke has a very deep relationship even after death with people like Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Yes. So he could have asked them and probably did. I mean – Right. So, yeah, it's very plausible for him to know. Yeah. And we know that he do- he has that – um, as we learn in the like Legend of Skywalker book, he has just a part of his life where he just gallivants, where he goes about. I can 
not see a scenario where he doesn't go to Naboo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to amend my earlier claim. If you want us, the three of us, to write the Naboo Chronicles, we will be happy to do that. (laughs) All right. I'm sure we can all bring something interesting to this this table. So Mm -hmm. hire Force Ghost Coast to Coast to write the Naboo Chronicles. We're we're here for you. Um, All right. Final thoughts on the book. Anything you guys wanted to talk about we didn't get to? Liz? Uh, Let me check my notes here. Dun-dun-dun. Let's see. Yeah, I think we covered everything that I wanted to discuss. Matt? I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to the author for a real nerd win where she mentions that space battles are silent because there is no noise in space, which I loved. That Um, is very reminiscent of that shot in The Last Jedi, the the Holdo move, Mm -hmm. where where the sound goes out for that scene. Mm -hmm. So, yes, agreed. I, I love that. And I think just the... The best quote, and what I think sums up Padme the best, I even wrote it down, was uh, where Organa talks about how the actions of, you know, the senators are evil, and she responds with, I fought evil, it was easy, I shot it. It's apathy that I can't stand. And I think that represents, like you were saying, both Leia and um, Padme really, really well. That, you know, the fight isn't what they're bothered by. It's trying to get everyone else in building that um, coalition. Whether you're talking about the rebellion or you're talking about um, the Senate, I think that's that really sums them up. So I loved it. Yeah. Wow. Nice, nicely stated, Matt. I like Thank that. You. Thank you. Yeah, I... Um... I would encourage folks to seek this novel out. I, I I think the manga we sort of approached with some with a little bit of skepticism. I know we did not love Catalyst, the Rogue One novel. I know we really had yeah. issues with Splinter of the Mind's Eye. <laughs> um, so yeah. it's nice to uh, it's nice to do this one. Would you guys? So uh, later this fall, the manga adaptation of. Um, Leia, Princess of Alderaan is coming out, so maybe we'll we'll do that one in the future. Yeah, that yeah, sounds uh, good. Is is there another sort of branch of Star Wars novels you guys would like to explore? I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Think about that, and maybe maybe we'll announce like uh, in a couple of maybe on our next episode we'll announce what the next novel we're going to read is, and we'll do it like in two months or something like that, just to give folks mm-hmm. time to uh, to catch up with it. But. I would like to. I do like doing these book club episodes. Me too. Me too. So, all right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening. We truly appreciate it. We'll be back in two weeks with, I guess, the next Clone Wars episode, right? I think so. Yeah, with seasons four and five. I think that's what we're going to try for. Yeah. Yes. So, um, you know, watch along with us, and remember, until next time, the Force will be with you always. 